Ladies and gentlemen, we are live for Anime Sucker Radio. Hey, what's going on, man? It's your boy Ledecky, a.k.a. Mr. Leftward Sloping Penis. I got a story for y'all, man. Now I've been dating this girl named Katie, she hot as hell okay. And her body crazy, vagina shaving and it don't smell And I don't fall for chickens, but this one a little different Body sickening, plus she really good at making ready chicken Got me thinking she the one, man Even for the close shot, it really fun, man Get a lot of hoes, but none of those come close I swear it's the most that I felt MMA Sucker Radio Here we are are we? We didn't bring chips this time. You brought no chips. You brought no munchies whatsoever. No, not even beer. What did you bring? I brought myself the oh. computer that's recording this show. No, I guess the tech and, and the gas. Uh, yeah, yeah, the gas. Yeah, but, which know, are gonna be pretty good tonight. Yeah, you got um, Damon Martin. Yeah, you oh, know, I should talk about here. I should actually first say the song we're playing right now uh, is Little Dicky. Little Dicky. The song's called Ex Boyfriend. Parental advisory with this one, folks. Yeah. If you're gonna let your kids listen to it maybe skip past maybe the first 40 seconds of the show and 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 yeah if you have a four-year-old in the car right now earmuffs earmuffs okay um but uh we have damon martin on the show today we're going to talk to him about some of the breaking news that's been happening just as we started this show it's kind of nice though that we got the breaking news just before we started show. a lot of times we'll do a show and we'll be like oh not a lot going on and then uh you know all of a sudden breaking news comes out and we were you know, for a week, our podcast is weekly. We will never make mention of it. Yeah. But today, Shane Carwin retired. Yeah, and I mean, he's he's not been hinting at it, but he hasn't fought in so long. He's been fighting injury. Well, he has been fighting injuries, but uh, yeah. it was it fighting, was sort of a long time coming. Fighting age as well, and uh, you know that's uh, it's too bad because you know I'll remember him for his fight with uh, for, with Brock Lesnar. So producer Jeremy, is everything okay? Yeah, you looked like you were you were looking at the machine. Everything is good, buddy. Okay. All right. Well, so speaking of machine, Mark Pavlich is coming on. He's an MFC president. He's going to be talking about MFC 37, True Grit, and Shaw Center in Edmonton, Alberta. That's going to be on Access TV. You can also see it on uh, in replay on Canada, TSN2. Damn replays. Yeah, I know. Eh? Like, you know, it's like you watch MFC in Canada on Twitter. It's the number one Canadian organization. Or you try and find it somehow on the internet. Uh, oh, sure. You can go your way. Go your way. Well, that's what they're they're sort of doing for us Canadian guys. You know what I mean? They're not they're not finding any other way for us to get the show. So, you know, we have to go to our internet measures. Internet measures. Yeah. So we're gonna speaking talk- of the internet though. I'm gonna cut yeah. you off a little bit. There. Oh, okay. Speaking of the internet, you posted something pretty funny on your Facebook page. There's this thing where I don't even know how to get into it. It's one of the funniest interviews ever. Okay, I'll okay. let you preface it a little bit, but I'd like to play this at least a portion of the clip so that everyone knows what we're talking about. Okay, well, there's this guy named Charles Ramsey. Um, he found a girl today, um, and uh, Amanda Berry. Yes, Amanda, Amanda Berry. Berry. Yeah. Not just, yeah, he found a girl. Yeah, well, I mean, there's like, a story <laughs> next door in a house. She was screaming. Abducted. Uh, yeah, and what happened was she was, her and a, and a couple other girls were abducted 10 years ago, and uh, they were kept in this house. And Pronounced this dead to family members and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. There was no, no trace of them. Uh, and this neighbor, Mr. Ramsey, he, uh, Charles, Charles Ramsey, he, uh, he heard somebody screaming in the house next door, and he went over and 
knocked on the door and opened it a bit, and there was this woman screaming, saying, I'm Amanda Berry, and I've been missing. I, I, I was kidnapped 10 years ago. And, you know, he didn't believe her, but... Well, anyway, it wasn't it's that a, it's he didn't a, believe her. He didn't put two and two together yeah, until... He called he the fo- police yeah. and realized now he's this big hero because he found these three, three, these three ladies who had been missing for 10 years, man, which is awesome. But what's even funny, what's, what's pretty funny is the interview he did... We won't play the whole interview. We'll play the end of it to just to let you know how he knew something was wrong. To be real, I knew something was wrong when a little pretty white girl ran into a black man's arms. Something is wrong here. Dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. Charles, thank you very much. Dead giveaway. Thank you very much for your time. Either she's homeless or she got problems. That's the only reason why she ran into a black man. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Pretty funny. (laughs) <laughs> no, not just his interview and why something was wrong was funny, but the guys that were standing around him, weren't they some scary motherfuckers? Oh, my God. I know, eh? Like, like if, if you watch the video, YouTube it, and uh, it's, it's going viral right now, but um, just look at the guys surrounding him. They look like they could just, you know. Patched vests. Yeah, it's like Sons of Anarchy <laughs> are, are hanging out there, you know? Jack's Teller's in the background. Pretty soon, all <laughs> you you're going to have to do is... Uh, yeah, this thing's protecting crazy. him from the like <laughs> hordes of people because he's doing tons of media right now. He was on CNN, which just is now. crazy. Pretty yeah. soon you're just going to type "greatest interview of all time" and this one will come up. Charles I Ramsey. Mean, we do some pretty good interviews well, on this show. It was pretty good with uh, remember the guy. You know, everyone's getting raped up here. Whatever it was, it was what was that guy? The the hide you with that one, right? Oh, wow. Okay. Right? Anyway, but you, I think people know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, of course. Hide anyway, your kids. Hide, uh, hide your wife. Hide your kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Whoever, <laughs> I forget that guy. See, that's these internet sensations. They last for a little bit, and then you just forget their names eventually. But um, names that we won't forget, Damon Martin, Mark Pavlich. I think we should just... Uh, well, we're going to do one last thing. I'm oh. going to cut you off. Oh, we are okay. going to bring on... A new segment tonight. Oh, yes. Thank you for the reminder. We're going to randomly yeah. call our good buddy, Carlin Bardsley, from In the Cage with Bards on NextSportsStar.com. Start a new feature with him, which we're going to entitle, I don't know, they're just going to be Bard, Carlin Bardsley rants. Or, or like, I know, like Bards Bar Rant. Yeah. Bards. In, he, the, he, in the bar with Bards. <laughs> <laughs> in the bar with Bards. It almost sounds Shakespearean. But it's not. No, I mean, I guess it kind of is, you know, in his own way. (laughs) But he's going to have a rant for us, and um, I'm sure he's slightly intoxicated. But that's the fun of it. You know, we love Carlin Bards. He writes for MMASucka.com, and uh, that's great. Yeah, that's going to be fun. So I say uh, we get going with some more Little Dicky and get this thing moving. Another Friday afternoon, Dickie chilling in his room. Got a teddy on the bed, you betty playing little spoon. Pimping knife in the move, shit. Bitches getting stupid, but I ain't getting hammered unless you hand me a tool kid. And yeah, I know the cool kids are drinking. He is the Maxim Fighting Championships president, and he comes back to our show to chat about MFC 37 True Grit, which takes place, of course, from the Shaw Conference Center in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Always great to have the path. Mark Pavlich on our show. Thanks for doing this, Mark. My pleasure. Well, first off, um, some breaking news uh, regarding your main event at uh, you know in heavyweight title fight, Mark Barnett, who was supposed to be fighting uh, Smilo Rama. Um, he's pulled out from the card due to medical reasons. Uh, apparently, doctors have found three holes in Barnett's retina, and that's uh, probably not a good thing because uh, doctors believe that you know any damage that I could result in serious problems, if not possible blindness. Um, <laughs> Mark, in a nutshell, man, this has been a kind of a crappy day. Yeah, um, you know, it's funny, it's, it's been like, you know, you just, just shake your head because you just can't believe it's happening, and then at the same time as you, you spend time 
you know, I spent a good 45 minutes speaking with Mr. Ram on the phone, and I was, I've just been re-educated by a 21-year-old kid that showed me a whole different side of humility and respect and really i can't even express to you like like how he was more concerned about me than himself and that's just such a rarity and not forget about the mma business i'm talking in anywhere right yeah. i mean this kid was in a two-month training camp this kid killed himself to get ready for this fight this happened to him and his concern is me and my family right and to me that just changed my whole perspective of this whole situation 360 degrees right and i'm like I, I felt so bad for him today mostly him barnett second and it's like i just there's something about the way he handled this that let alone he's going to be he's the best heavyweight in canada do not be surprised one day if he's not the best heavyweight on the planet this this with the mentality that he has at 21 years old is unbelievable unbelievable yeah and uh it's, it kind of sucks for fans like myself and jeremy here because we were literally looking forward to seeing him fight, and but I've I've only heard great things about Samuel Rama and it, just how, what kind of person he is, and just from what you just described. Um, you know, I also read somewhere that you're a little bit disappointed in Barnett and his and his team. Is that true? Um, you know, once again, it, the fighter hires a manager, right? And and the manager, you know, we why is it that we all we've never had problems with medicals? We're very fanatical about that here. Like we don't go chasing people around for medicals because we have so many guys under fighter roster that we'll just replace you, right? If you're not going to train your medicals or whatever the case may be, well, that wasn't the case with Barnett. The, the case with Barnett was is that the, the only thing they were missing was the eye exam. So, which gives me the impression that they knew prior to this. And that if they would have gave me note, like maybe they were checking other doctors and they didn't want to alarm anybody. But in, in hindsight, it, it's a huge problem. And if they would have gave me more time, I could have easily found a replacement. But in this short notice, without it making it look like a circus show, I could not. And that's the part that really bothered me. And, and, and his manager's been in the business a long time. He knows better. But I think him trying to fix the problem actually made it worse. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Absolutely, man. And um, I mean, who would you have replaced uh, Barnett with? I mean, did you have any ideas? I'm just curious. Well, yeah, I ha you know, it's funny. I have a lot of guys that want to come into the Maximum Fighting Championship that are heavyweights. And, and, and it's just the problem is, is that I don't know anybody in their right mind that would say, oh, I'm going to fight Ram on three days notice without getting ready. when. Yeah. There's been YouTube videos out all over the place of Rama getting ready for this fight, and if, you, if you've noticed his hand speed and other things like that, like this kid's becoming borderline freakish with what he can do. And it's like, wait a second, man! Like, there's not just too many guys, not, not too many good guys that are going to take a fight on three days' notice with a guy like Rama. Not going to happen. Looking uh, at the card, uh, you must like having Anthony Burchak in your organization. Um, as the first bantamweight. Of course, he's taking on Ryan Benoit. Both these guys will uh, probably be looking to bring it, do you not think? Well, now they, they will because they're flying here right now, and yeah. they're ecstatic. Yeah. They're, they're, they're you know what's great about my organization? There's a real family feel to it, yeah. and they all feel, they feel like, oh, that's crappy that we they, that this main event happened. But Burchak and Benoit, they're, they're ecstatic about being in the main event right now. They're losing their minds. Yeah, because it, you know what? It, it's not a bad. It wasn't a bad co-main event, um, but you know, it's it's not a bad main event either. You know, people are going to watch it. It's going to be on Access TV and it's going to be in TSN, and 
I mean, everyone likes to watch fights. There's going to be some great fights on this card. Uh, one of them, well, actually, give me your pick. I mean, uh, what, what are you th- what are you liking? Well, see, people people are not paying attention to it because it, it's right, it's like a comeback fight. But I think Jay Silva and Alvi will be like beyond. Uh, reckless of a fight, like it'll be crazy, like it'll be nuts, because it's going to be a three-round kickboxing match with four ounce gloves on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you like the stand-up guys, don't you? Oh, I, I like all I like all aspects, but I'm a transition guy. I like transition. I like the transition between ground stand-up. I love high-level jujitsu guys that don't sit there and you know just play the guard game. I like guys that pass guard. I like guys that go to full mount and don't try to armbar the guy. They try punching him out. So that level of jujitsu I love. And so it's very different. It's you know I I, I have a, just a kind of a style. I don't like straight stand-up fighters either. I think that's ridiculous, right? Yeah. I like guys like Kurt Southern with their wrestling, but they take wrestling to a whole other planet when they dump you on your head and then pick you up again and punch you out and then they dump you on your head again, but they don't sit there and lay on top of you. They stand back up again so he uses his wrestling for like transitional stuff yeah. and southern southern to me is one of the best guys i've ever seen do that and he's fighting another you know great stand-up speaking of his great stand-up guys mckay moromo uh a lot of people you know like moromo he's, he's a he's a fascinating guy and and people like his style and it seems like you guys really like promoting him we like promoting him. I mean, he, he was in a, a fight against Graham Spencer where Graham Spencer just crushed the hype on Mukai Moromo. And, and, you know, to me, Graham Spencer is someone that, even if he's not fighting on this show coming up, we need to talk about him on a constant basis. I think the, there's something extremely special about him. And, and I think it's just someone I need to, I don't care, like I'm going to shout him out every time I get an opportunity to, because he came in in an extremely hostile environment and just shut the door down, man. And it's like, I got to respect the guy that does that there was very little hype on him he came in very quiet i heard him some some rumblings of the training camp he went to go train train with uriah faber and i heard some uh pretty cool stories about what some of what some of the things he did to some of the training people down there um you know i heard from very reliable sources that he submitted some guys that you would just be like really and 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 you know and i knew about that coming into this but you know he came here and he, he did it you know and you just got to you got to give the guy props. I'm curious, though, all right, on the rumors that uh, Graham Spencer, who's, like you said, your 155-pound champ, uh, is seriously injured and he can be out for a year. Is, is, are you hearing anything like that? Is that just rumors? Yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's not that much of a rumor anymore. It's, it's disgusting. It's unfortunate, but it's true. Um, he's, he's injured, shoulder okay. injury. He's going to, you know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, I, I got to figure something out for that kid, man. Like he's on the climb, he wins MSC title and then, and then he's injured, you know? And it's like, Oh, I just, I got it. I don't know what I got to do. I got to figure some way to do something for him. So I don't want, like he was on the track of like, you know, not working a regular job. He's in the MFC and it's like, yeah. Oh man, I, I, I do. I got to figure something out. I don't know what it is yet, but I, I do. I gotta, I gotta help him in some direction while he's off. And, you know, I was calling him because we're, you know, we're moving, we're going to move into, you know, BC soon enough. And I wanted him to do a, 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 the 145 title in BC. And, and then, you know, he told me what happened and it's like, Oh my God, I'm just, you know, this yeah. week has been, plagued with with bad news but i have a strange suspicion on friday night there's gonna be lots of good news (laughs) i gotta ask you though you mentioned bc because we do our show from british columbia any word on on that province you said you'd like to get there is there some movement there 
latest movement on my end, um, nothing is confirmed yet. I'm in the process of working out. Uh, I have two prospects to make a deal, and um, I'm just kind of calculating it very carefully because, I, to be honest with you, um, I want to do less shows in Alberta. I, I do. I love Alberta. This is where I live. But I want to do less shows in 2000. And uh, even even for the remainder of this year, I think I only want to do three shows this year here. And I want to do two in BC. And then I want to do next year, I want to do three three in uh, Alberta. I want to do two in BC. And I want to do two in Ontario, which will get me back to seven shows a year, which is where I need to be. With, with those added provinces, you said seven shows is where you'd like to be. But in the, in, in the future, if you move out of Alberta and do Ontario and British Columbia as well, will you be adding any more cards? Yeah, but I want to see the, what you guys got to understand is that when I moved to D.C. and I moved to Ontario, a lot of those deals are very different than where I am now. Right? We take care of a lot of the ticket selling, Ticketmaster, all that kind of stuff. And when I go to those other places, there's going to be a lot of like site deals work with people so that we can, you know, it takes a lot of the pressure off of us by going into those marketplaces. And that's something that I've been working on. And, and like I said, I'm really excited about BC because I know a lot of people there. I have a lot of fighters from British Columbia on my roster. And I think, I think they all want to shine in their own province or in their own city you know i think that means a lot to fighters just like it means a lot to hockey players playing in their own arena it's there's a big difference yeah absolutely so what i mean i'm i don't want to keep poking at this but i you know british columbia doesn't necessarily have uh you know provincial athletic commission yet for some reason that's been stalled or something's going on no one's talking and we're in the midst of a, an election here uh what do you, is is there going to be a commission? Do you know about a commission coming in I sooner do, than later? I do, guys. I do, guys. It's going to come in sooner than later. That's why I'm talking about it. Yeah. And it's not even that much of a secret anymore. And you know, um, basically, we've been informed that we can apply for a license come you know May thirty first, May thirty thirty first, or June first, somewhere along that area. So that's what we're going to do. And you know, we're going to move forward. But I really, I really think it's um, like so imperative that we do that. And and then people can assess the level of MMA they're watching, right? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, like I, I, I'm trying not to be derogatory, but my undercard is better than 99.9% of every other show in Canada's main card. Okay. You go check, you go check other people's cards in, 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 in Ontario, I mean, excuse me, in Canada, and it looks like guys that flunked out of the MFC are now part of their shows. That's all it is. It's like guys that flunked out or didn't win titles here and all the rest of that stuff. And that that's fine and all, but... You know, I'm building something here that's going to be long-lasting. That's why I went out and signed Mike Hacker, uh, Graham Spencer, uh, Nick Hinchcliffe. Um, you know, I, there was a purpose behind that. I'm trying to build something and then get into British Columbia and have, you know, those type of guys with such character on my roster to fight in British Columbia. Okay. Um, Substance MMA in Ontario, you heard about them. Um you know, you, you've always said it's really hard to operate shop in Ontario. They seem to have no problems. They, they're they brand new. I don't know much about them. Uh, what's your thoughts on this new MMA organization that's coming up? Um, I like the one fighter that's involved. Um, sorry, sorry. Pierce, uh, Pearson, right? Um, yeah. Is there, yeah, I like him. I like his style of fighting. You know, I, I, I really like him. Um, the other guy that owns it, too, as well, I think he's a concert promoter. I've met him a few times, too. I think they're, they're going to run into a serious problem because I saw their first fight card already, and it's brutal. 
like it's beyond brutal and you you can attest to that don't don't take my word for it mm-hmm. you can go do the research on it and check you know the fight card and you look at it and you go really this is what you guys are coming out with man seriously and you just kind of shake your head and it's like eh, no guys this ain't <laughs> this isn't gonna cut it you know what i mean and it's like put on a card with some merit and some you know some kind of something to it and they didn't do they're not doing that and that's unfortunate, but they're going to find out in Ontario really quick. You know, the fees are extraordinarily high, and that's okay. They got Maybe they got someone that's backing their play, but they didn't go out, like, building a, like, a really cool roster. They didn't go out, you know, on a TV deal. They didn't, no, they're just kind of, like, trying to make it happen. So I shouldn't – I'm not going to make derogatory comments towards them just yet. I'm going to see what they're <laughs> going to do for – yeah, because I want to see what they're going to do, and I like the fighter Pearson. I think I think he's a rugged dude. He, he's I, I really do. I enjoy watching him fight, and I met the other guy one or two times too, and he seemed like a decent cat too. So it's 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 not so much about them. I'm going to speak about it's about how they're kind of performing their first show. They're not coming out with lots of bells and whistles. We'll just put it that way. So we could see them on your front lawn in Halloween. Uh, I would prefer not to. Um, you, you know, the bottom line is I don't I don't if they're going to do something proper in this sport and they're going to run it really cool and they're going to do it i'm never going to bash them really you know if they start making their fighter roster better if they start pursuing bigger things and making their stuff look shinier then i'm gonna you know i'm not going to say anything to them you know it's just there's no point i mean it's they're in ontario when i come there too if they show me the respect that our organization deserves then there's going to be a there's going to be no problem between us it's these other organizations that are idiotic that you know that have been in the business to, uh, you know short period of time that you know email our office telling us that they're going to put us out of business and we've been getting those emails now for you know 10 years it's like and we're still here but you know i don't email people and tell them i'm going to put them out of business and so i mean it's ridiculous right i mean we get those from people all the time and i just think it's funny you you spoke about other organizations there you didn't trash them at all and saying that your undercard um was better than their main cards now speaking about your undercard i hear you guys are um going to be playing it on facebook is that true that's correct, right? And you know the reason, you know that, you know the thing about Facebook though is it always scares me. It's not just Facebook; the streaming part scares me because I've seen streaming even with USC before where it cuts out and things like that. And that's something that really, like, you know, I've gone to every every length to make sure it doesn't do that. But that's why I've always stayed away from it because I've seen it, like, you know cuts out, doesn't work properly all the way through, people are frustrated with it, and it's like, that's why I've never really jumped on the bandwagon, because I, I, I've seen it bunk out so many times, and it's like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more scared about that than I am about the main card, because I'm like, Jesus, if, they, if it cuts out, I mean, we, we're, we're using all of Access TV's, you know, sound trucks, so we're going to have, it, you know, the best production possible, and, and it's like, but that doesn't change the fact that it's still streaming, and that stream can cut out at any time. All right. Um, speaking of uh, cutting and uh, – no, this is a good segue. We're into eye pokes, I think. Hey, Jeremy. Uh, UFC talking about uh, changing up their gloves. Um, have you thought about it? And, you know, there's been a lot of eye pokes in the last, you know, few years for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it's just getting a lot more play right now. But they're thinking about changing their gloves. Have you thought about changing gloves? No, of course not. I no. never do what the UFC does. Right? No, no, but... I do, the, I do the opposite. And here, here, this is from someone that actually is like trained high-level professional fighters and everything else. Mm-hmm. How many times have you seen anybody get a point taken away for poking a guy in the eye? Never. You never see... They never take a point away, right? Well, you should take a point away. You know why? Because the only way you can poke someone in the eye is if you have your hand open. Why would you have your hand open? 
You should never have your hand open when you're jabbing someone. You should have a closed fist. They're not going to take a point away if you punch someone in the eye. But in mixed martial arts, for some reason, guys leave their hand open. Start, start penalizing guys when, when they think a jab guy. That's not accidental. That's purpose. Your hand was open. That's why the guy got poked in the eye. Why not change the rule and start fighting guys, start penalizing them, start taking points away when they poke a guy in the eye? Because you shouldn't have your hands wide open when you're fighting. So, but so I mean, but I mean that that re- require you know, um, commissions changing the rules, right? Oh, I mean that's that's not yeah, a that's not a UFC or a U thing. So it, why not in the meantime try to protect the guys a little bit and just you know changing up the style? Like you know you know how the old Pride FC gloves were, right? I think that's what the UFC is talking about, right? As well is kind of curving the fingertips. You you don't, you don't think that that would work because it, it seemed to work in Pride. It did. It did work in pride, but I don't know. I just. I almost thought those guys were a little bit too bulky. They just looked bulky to me, and they just looked oversized, and they looked like it was harder to grapple with. And you know, we. Yeah. You know, so I get hated on lots because everybody thinks I don't like grappling, but it's not true. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, the grapplers are going to be complaining huge about those gloves, and I don't know. I just. I just think that if you're poking someone in the eye, that should be, you know, just like people go accidental going going shots. I'm like, that's. You listen, you're hitting a guy in the groin. Yes. Yeah, Sure, it could be accidental, but do you want to stop this process? Start finding, start taking points away, and watch all of a sudden guys start closing their hands when they punch because they're going to start being penalized when they're eye-poking guys because their hands are wide open when they're throwing a jab. Who, who leaves their hand wide open like that? You see it only in mixed martial arts. Okay, I gotta, we, every time we bring you on, we ask you the same question, so I need you to update me because you were on a personal mission for us last uh, last time that you were going to try to get the powers that be at Access TV to talk to TSN or, you know, get a way for us Canadians to, to, to watch MFC live, not, you know, a week or two later. Um, what, what, give us an update on that process. Have you spoken to anybody? No, I did. I had, you know, Andrew Simon, the, the, you know, the main guy from Access TV, he, he's been in talks with them, and I don't know, they just haven't came to any kind of, but I did, I, you know, I said, hey, please, you know, let's, let's get this, there, there is a huge demand for it, lots of people, you know, um, you know, have been demanding it, and, you know, I, I, you know he, I know for a fact that he's reached out to them, I just don't know where they're at with it. Okay, all right. Well- because it's not my, it's not really my, it's my business, but it's no. more like it's 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 them to decide, right? Oh yeah, I know. You just initiate the conversation, right? I mean, that's that's right. And I much did, it. and yeah. I did because because you know what, you're 100 percent correct. It's great that I'm on TSN, but at the same time, when you're the biggest organization in the country and you're on tape delay on TSN, to me, I think it's stupid. No. Like, I, I'm not going to pretend. I think it's, and I think you're 100% correct. It's, I think it's ridiculous. I, I don't understand it. I don't know why we're not doing it, but it's not, it's like, I, you know, when you see some things that are so obvious and then it takes so long to do, you go, hey, why weren't they doing that a long time ago? And that's how I feel right now. Yeah, well, the TSN network. I mean, it's not like there's a lot going on in the spring and summer anyway. I mean, I why not? Why not do one of the, one or two of these summer shows coming up? Uh, uh, you know, live and and see what kind of rating you can get or, or what you know. See, just give it a chance, and that's the best time to do it. You got I two agree. TSN channels, and if you're on TSN too, I mean, how? I mean, nobody needs to watch billiards. Okay, we can watch MFC. I mean, uh, anyway, but uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Hey, I got to ask you though before we let you go. Uh, are you watching some NHL hockey at all? Well, I'm a Red Wing fan, right? And so I'm watching them kind of with their split personalities. One game they're, you know, they're playing terrible, and then the next game they play awesome, and the next game they play terrible, and then the last game they played awesome. And so it's, I don't know what they're doing, but the way they're playing, though, I don't see them going far in the playoffs just because that type of style, it's not, I don't know. I, just, I think Chicago and Pittsburgh are just so much ahead of everybody else. 
Well, yeah. Well, at least I mean you have the you, you know your Detroit Red Wings are you know bipolar. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks yeah. are just in the toilet. Okay, we're we're we got a knife to our throats right now. We're slitting our wrists. I, and I don't, get it. I don't I don't get it. You know, it's like you talk about experience and and guys on that team. You know, I was and for me, I, I would love to see Vancouver do well. And, and it's just like, wow, really, guys? Like with all these guys, and it's just it's just they can't do it. It's weird. It's I don't I don't get it. All right. Well, I, one thing I do get is MFC uh, 37 in Edmonton coming up this Friday. True Grit, Shaw Center uh, in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, up here in the Great White North. Uh, Mark, uh, just uh, I'll give you one shot to promote it here and just let people know uh, also where they can find you on Twitter. Okay, everybody, tune in. The most electrifying fight card in MFC history live. This Friday, May 10th at the Shaw Conference Center. You can get your tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. You can check us out at MaximumFighting.com. And you can check us out at Twitter, at MaximumFighting and at Mark Pavlich. Dude, it's always good to have you on. You're doing a lot of media. We really appreciate you uh, coming on again. And uh, we'll talk and we'll look forward to your fights. Well, thanks for having me on again, fellas. I really appreciate it. Uh, your support. Listen to y'all, it's sort of like a flick in the balls for real, though. Cause they don't spit it real as they do. The kid come first, like his dick, the prequel. So, look, if you really want to get it, forget it genetically. I wonder what Mark Pavlich would be like in a bar after he's had a few tequilas. Yeah, I wonder if he'd be really open. I wonder if he'd open up a little bit. He's, yeah, yeah, because he doesn't open up at all. No, no, exactly. <laughs> Uh, just lays out. But it's cool, man. They're coming to British Columbia and Canada. He's talking about going back to Ontario as well. I, 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 just want, I don't know if you understood the question I was asking about the Provincial Commission because, um, it's yes, it's, it's being formed, at least from what they've told us, but nobody in the province is, is talking to anybody about it. The thing um, that I'm wondering is, is maybe he's not coming right directly into Vancouver. Maybe he's doing the Nanaimo, Victoria... Prince George, you know, somewhere, like where somewhere they have in the a outskirts where yeah. they have other professional organizations already coming. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, maybe. I mean, but it's too bad because you have Graham Spencer who could probably, you know, put some people in the seats, you know, MSC 155-pound champ is out for a while now. Yeah, and I don't think, uh, yeah, he's the 155-pound so champ, but he's not going to be fighting at 155 for... Uh, yeah, who knows? But regardless, you'd want to, you know, if you're going to go to BC this year, you'd love to have Graham Spencer on that card. Yeah, for sure, but It doesn't look like that's going to happen. And, of course, you know, tough luck with losing Barnett today um, and the main event now being sort of... Um, wiped off because of an injury. Uh, holes in the retina. I never understood. Like, holes in the retina. Apparently, like, you get hit there. If that yeah. happens to you, it's bad news. Well, yeah, and obviously he knew about this, as Mark was saying. So Yeah, but, you know, at the same time, you want to get a second opinion, you know. So you keep looking at my Twitter. Well, yeah, because the Canucks got scored on again. <laughs> so Jeez. that's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> we're watching hockey as we're doing a podcast. Americans are probably like, you guys are watching hockey. It's no, they probably didn't even know who the Canucks were when yeah. I said that. <laughs> NHL hockey, people. We're big fans. Um, also a big fan of Damon Martin. Uh, but uh, before we have Damon, I think we have this new feature you want to you wanna roll out. Right? Yeah, it's going to be called... Uh, it's going to be called... Bardsley's Bar Rants. Bardsley's Bar Rants or, or in... In the bar with bards? Yeah, so... Which one are we going to go with? We're just going to bring him on. You're going to ask him a question, and he's going to rant. Okay. That's it. Jeremy Brand. Carlin Bardsley. What are you up to, buddy? I am at an establishment in downtown Toronto, (laughs) known for the best chicken wings in town. We're bringing you on the show. Whether you like it or not, you're being hijacked. Oh, okay. Uh, They want me to suck a radio right now. 
Hey, Carlin, it was a pretty slow media, or not sorry, media, but a slow MMA week uh, here in the media. There's not much, there wasn't a lot of news. Um, but Luke Rockhold actually had made some interesting statements about his Vitor Belfort. Um, and, you know, he says, you know, it pisses him off a little bit that Brazil is the only place that Belfort's fighting. And I think he needs to be dealt with. And, you know, he would prefer that all athletic commissions follow identical guidelines when it comes to TRT. Uh, he wishes all, you know, commissions mirrored Nevada. Um, do, do you read, I mean, do, do you agree with him on that? I mean, obviously, I, I mean, I, I don't know what your stance is on TRT, but uh, what do you think about what Rockhold had to say? I think Rockhold is 100% right. The fact that Vitor Belfort is hiding in Brazil so he can get away with, you know, just filling himself to the gills of the TRT is fucking bullshit, dude. All right? Like, Vitor... Yeah, it's ridiculous. If you wouldn't get licensed in Nevada, or wouldn't get approved, excuse me, wouldn't get approved for TRT in Nevada because he's got the previous steroid test failure back uh, when he fought Dan Henderson and Pride in 2006, I believe. You know, so there's no way in hell that Vitor would get a TRT exemption anywhere except Brazil. But you know, Vitor's a hero in Brazil. So what do you do? I mean, no, but it, it, it's fucking bullshit, and what fucking pisses me off the most about that whole thing is that Vitor, you know, he cloaks himself in this whole religious thing. You're like, oh, you know, God gives me my strength. Oh, you believe in Jeebus, and Jeebus will give you this kind of strength, too. And he goes and says things like, oh, TRT, he doesn't win fights. Well, if Vitor, if TRT doesn't win fights, then why the fuck are you on it to begin with, Okay. Hey, if you're so confident in your skills and your abilities, why won't you fight Michael Bisping without TRT? Why won't you fight John Jones without TRT? Why won't you fight Lou Rockhold without TRT? It just makes no sense to me. There you have it. <laughs> Carlin's rant. And, of course, he was uh, probably slightly intoxicated, which makes it even better. Yeah, I, I think we, these Carlin's rants things could get quite funny if we just... Call him at random times throughout the show. Where uh, we think he's at a bar, which is pretty much what I've heard every other, every day. Yeah, every other well, day. he had a good uh, sobriety no. period there. I don't yeah. know what's happened, but uh, it, we'll, we'll continue doing this maybe <laughs> once once a month or so. He's having a good time, and the weather's nice, you know? I don't he's, know what it is he's in with, Ontario. You know, yeah, well, I heard it's hot in Ontario, too, man. Yeah? It's hot. It's probably hot everywhere. It's global warming. <laughs> yeah. Damon Martin's joining us uh, right now. And the masters of the universe. He writes for UFC.com, Bleacher Report, and probably many other websites. He likes to wear Adidas Boba Fett footwear and hosts a podcast called MMA's Great Debate Radio. Welcome back to Sucker Radio, Mr. Damon Martin. Damon, thanks for doing this, man. What are you, what are you up to right now? Oh, thank you very much for having me. I actually uh, just uh, posted my story on the retirement of Shane Carwin a little bit ago, mm-hmm. and... Uh, just uh, get ready to relax for the evening, watch a little TV, read some comic books, as, as, as I tend to do on most nights. Well, let's uh, get right to it. Shane Carwin, breaking news here on a Tuesday this week. Um, you know, what do you think? Retired? Were you expecting that? And uh, what do you remember Carwin for? What will be his legacy? You know, yeah, you know, I, I, I did see it coming. I mean, listen, the guy is, you know, you know at his age and, and through the surgeries and just the constant time he's had off from the sport and 
you know, neck surgery, back surgery, and then to blow out his knee before fighting Roy Nelson. It was kind of like the writing's on the wall. I kind of, you know, I kind of saw him as one of those athletes that just didn't want to, just didn't want to make that call. You know, he was trying his hardest to get back in there and, and work his way back. And I think it was just, you know, eventually the, the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. And he just finally had to, you know, look at himself in the mirror and say it was time to walk away. So I did kind of see it coming, but I wondered when or if it would ever happen. You know, I kind of looked at it, you know, like, uh, you know, Matt Sarah. Not that Matt Sarah's going through injuries, but, you know, you kind of get the sense Matt's not going to fight anymore, but he's just – I don't think he's ever going to be the guy to say, I'm retired. I think he's just – no fighter, no competitor wants to see that window get closed completely. Uh, but he did – you know, what is his legacy? I mean, listen, you know, I mean, the guy, you know, had six fights in the UFC. He was an interim champion. He kind of, you know, he burst on the scene and, and, and made his rise up the ranks at a time when the heavyweight division was still fairly shallow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, going out there and knocking out Frank Mir the way he did, I, I think that's his crowning achievement. And then I think the fight with Lesnar, you know, really will be the way he's remembered, even though he lost. I mean, that was such an epic fight, you know, mm-hmm. considering he yeah. had Lesnar literally almost out in the first round and then for him to come back and lose that fight. But that was one of the biggest heavyweight fights in history, and then that was after Brock's injury and everything. It was, uh, you know, it was a short career when you think about it. I mean, six fights, but still, you know, he, he definitely made an impact on the sport. That he did, and I agree with you. Lesnar, Carwin is the fight I'll remember him for because it was just such, like you said, an epic battle. One of the top, my, my top, easy top five uh, heavyweight fights of all time for me. I and mean, maybe that's partly because I'm a bit of a, a Lesnar guy, but... Uh, you know, that, to me, like, I mean, both those guys looked amazing in that fight. First round, for sure. I mean, Carwin just dominated. Yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, like I said, it was one of those special moments. I mean, you know, yeah. we've got to look back. I mean, really, the, the heavyweight division in the UFC has, has really had some, you know, hills and valleys. You know mm-hmm. I mean? They, they yeah. you know, at a time when Frank Mir was the champion, and then he got injured and fell out, <laughs> and then you had Andre Orlovsky. I mean, it was just, a, like I said, there's been very few times in UFC history where the heavyweight division has truly been stacked. Uh, now, I think, being one of those times where it actually is pretty stacked. Uh, but, you know, Carwin came along at a time where it was still fairly shallow. But, you know, again, for him to go out there and obliterate four opponents inside of the first round, uh, to do what he did to Mir, and then to have that fight with uh, with Lesnar, which, you know, again, I think, you know, 10 years from now, we can still talk about that Lesnar fight. I, mm-hmm. that, that's a pretty, pretty, you know, pretty good legacy right there, considering, again, Six fights. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> I got to ask you, man, because we love bringing you on because we can diversify. We can you know talk fights, and then we can get into our into our inner nerdum. Uh, May fourth, uh, you posted some pictures of your Star Wars running shoes. Explain yourself, Boba Fett shoes. Where'd you get those? Uh, actually, well, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Grew up on Star Wars. Return of the Jedi was the first movie I remember seeing in the theaters as a kid. Yeah. And uh, a couple years ago, I remember someone had sent me something that they said Adidas was putting out uh, Star Wars shoes. They had this special edition Star Wars shoes coming out. And I went online and looked, and they had uh, Adidas Boba Fett's coming out. And they had like <laughs> Han Solo frozen and carbonite shoes. They had R2D2 and C3PO shoes. It was a really cool limited edition uh, series that came out. And uh, I waited, 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 and, and uh, on the release day I bought them. They were like $170, so I, I, I uh, was a little crazy in the money I spent for those things. But uh, you can't find them anywhere. I think like the next day on uh, on eBay I saw them going for like 400 bucks a pair. So I was pretty happy. They get busted out of the closet about twice a year. I don't wear them oh, very really? often, but uh. when I do, yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of like collector's things. But I, every, every, I, I usually wear them on May 4th, which is Star Wars Day. And then I usually bust them out and wear them when I go to San Diego Comic-Con every year. They, they, they get busted out for the special occasion that is Comic-Con. So, so you take them to Comic-Con, so they must get some abuse. Boba Fett has been stepped on a few times. 
Yeah, they, 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 yeah they, like I said, they, 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 they get out a little bit, but not much. They get out okay. a little bit, but not much. All right, all right. So you were in New Jersey for UFC 159. Uh, I read – you also posted this. You uh, you were at uh, Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash comic book store. Was that the highlight of New Jersey I, for you? It really was. Uh, you know, I'm sorry to say I, – I, let me say this first. I enjoy New Jersey. New Jersey, New Jersey is a cool state. I, I've spent a lot more time um, – you know, I've kind of split the time between the north and the south part of the state because I spent a lot of time in Atlantic City as well, going to events down there. I was at the first ever IFL show in Atlantic City. I went to uh, the, my first ever UFC event covering for mixed martial arts, UFC 53, Arlovsky versus uh, Justin Eilers. That was mm-hmm. actually in Atlantic City. Uh, mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time down there as well. Newark, not my favorite place in the world. I got to be honest, Newark is not <laughs> my favorite place in uh, in the world. But uh, Red Bank, beautiful Red Bank, where Jay and Simon Bob's Secret Stash is. I've been there now. I think that's my third time going. Yeah, and uh, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool shop. The last two times was before they started filming the uh, the reality show Comic Book Man. Uh, now that Comic Book Man is out, the show, the you know the show mm-hmm. and the uh, and the uh, and the store are a lot bigger, but still pretty cool to go there. Yeah, man. I. Uh... I'm into comics too. I'm actually reading American Vampire right now. That uh, Stephen King graphic novel. Highly recommend it, by the way. Yeah, I've, I've actually heard good things about that. I have not caught up on that one yet. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, when I walk into my comic book store, the uh, the guy goes back and brings out my subscription every week, and I usually I'm, I'm dropping way, way, way too much money on a weekly basis on comics. So I, I don't think I could add anything else without my uh, without my uh, collection exploding right now. Anderson Silva going right to fights here actually is dropping fifty grand uh, to the UFC. He's getting fined for not showing up to uh, media. Uh, I believe that some media stuff going on in LA uh, with the press there. He he didn't show up. He no showed, kind of like Nick Diaz. Um, but he gets fined fifty thousand. You agree with that? Did that surprise you? You know, it didn't. Well, here's the thing: the amount surprised me a little bit because mm-hmm. that that seemed like a pretty hefty fine uh, for. Uh, a fighter, even though Anderson Silva is, you know, very well taken care of in the fight world, he makes quite a bit of money. Uh-huh. Uh, we don't know those figures, so fifty thousand dollars seems extreme, especially when you consider a guy like OCU Manora from the New York Giants was fined twenty thousand dollars from the NFL when he missed a media commitment during Super Bowl week. Uh, they fined him twenty thousand dollars. So I thought the amount was a bit crazy, but at the same time, this is the UFC's way of sending a message. Uh, I'm a, I'm going to kind of dub this now the Nick Diaz rule. Uh, because Nick Diaz is, is notorious, been, notoriously been the one to miss events and miss filmings and miss press conferences and all this stuff. And, you know, Anderson kind of got the brunt of that uh, when he missed one, whether it was accidental or not. Uh, but he missed one, and uh, and they cracked him good. I think it's good on the UFC to do this. I mean, they got to set a precedent. If they want to be seen as a, as a major league organization similar to NFL or, or NBA or Major League Baseball, you know, they got to play by some of the same rules. I don't want them to become, you know, quite as, uh, you know, quite, I, I hate to use the word boring, but you know, I don't want them to become static with the, the, the cookie-cutter responses every single time something bad happens. But, uh, you know, if they want to get to the mainstream, some of these mainstream things have to happen, and, uh, and Anderson Silva, unfortunately, was the, was the victim of it. Uh, Luke Rockhold came out and uh, basically issued a statement about uh, Vitor Belfort and his TRT usage. Um, you know, Luke, I think, makes a good point when he says, you know, and I quote, it pisses me off a little that uh, Brazil is the only place that it, uh, Belfort is fighting. I think he needs to be dealt with. Um, and then he went on to insinuate that he would prefer that, you know, the athletic commissions would all follow identical rules and that all uh, commissions, including the one in Brazil, uh, would, um, you know, not allow TRT. Um, what do you think about Luke Rockhold's statements, you know, obviously just before their fight coming up on uh, May 18th? Um, 
you know, your thoughts. You agree with them? You think Belfort's hiding in yeah, Brazil? I, uh, I, I agree 110% with everything Luke said. I'm not a big fan of TRT. I've gone on the record about this many, many times. Uh, I, I think TRT is a, is a great medical miracle for people that really need it. Uh, but I don't believe that athletes, you know, between the age of 30 and 40 and even 40 to 50, you know, should be on TRT. You know, I remember uh, my co-host on my radio show, Jeff Kane, had told me, you know, he's, he's just over 40 not to reveal his age. But he had actually, <laughs> when the whole TRT phenomenon had started, he actually went to his doctor and uh, and just, you know, kind of, you know, offhandedly suggested TRT just as a joke, you know, just to see what he would say. And his doctor literally laughed in his face and said, I, I, he's like, I wouldn't prescribe that to anyone under, like, the age of 50-something. I can't remember what the age was. Just because it's so uncommon for someone's yeah. testosterone level to be so low that they require, you know, testosterone replacement therapy. Uh, you know, he didn't obviously know he was talking about mixed martial arts. But still, you know, it was that reaction uh, that, you know, was almost laughable at 40-something that, you know, he should be on TRT as a person. Uh, high-level athletes who have been working out and, and doing this their whole lives, they just have a hard time believing that, you know, they, they really need to be on this stuff. And listen, age sucks, man. I mean, you know, the way I feel <laughs> over 30 is not the way I felt at 22. I mean, yeah. that's just that's part of life. You don't you, – you age, you get older, things change. That's just part of life, man. And, and I don't think it should be a miracle drug or a fountain of youth. And uh, I agree in terms of the, the athletic commissions getting on the same page because – you know, I did the interview with Keith Kaiser when he told me that, you know, in all likelihood, he wouldn't approve Vitor Belfort for a yeah, uh, exactly. TRC exemption in Nevada because, uh, you know, he tested positive for steroids before. Yeah. And, you know, that's a pretty telling sign. Nevada is, is you know, kind of the gold standard of commissions because they, they, you know, they oversee so many events per year. I mean, if they're not willing to give him one, I don't know why, you know, the, the UFC or Brazil is willing to just kind of gloss over and let him have one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally, man. Um Speaking of UFC on FX8, uh, it'll be in Brazil May 18th. Besides the main event, I mean, looking at this card, does it really excite you that much? I mean, it just kind of it seems flat to me. It, it is. I mean, listen, there aren't there aren't a ton of exciting fights in this card. I mean, I do think that uh, you know the main event. I am looking forward to that. Um, I think that uh, you know I, I do think Luke Rockhold and Vitor Belfort's a great fight. Uh, I am looking forward to see Jacare make his debut. I know, you know, he get he gets a late replacement. He doesn't, he doesn't get Costa Filippo, but he gets Chris Camozzi. Had a chance to talk to Chris a couple of days ago. I know he's really excited for the opportunity. Uh, you know, Chris is a, is a striker. Uh, you know, again, I'm not going to sit here and, uh, and and degrade Costa Filippo because of what he's done. He, he's accomplished more in the division mm-hmm. than uh, Chris Camozzi has. But they're both strikers. You know, obviously big punchers with knockout power. So, you got to imagine that uh, the fight, you know, could play out in a similar fashion. So I'm looking forward to Jacare's debut. The rest of the card, though, yeah, it's a it's a little weak. There's not a ton of uh, firepower, but at the same time, the show's in Brazil. This is kind of a Brazilian card, and it's free for us on FX. So can we really complain a whole lot? No, no, absolutely not. I'm not complaining at all. It's just actually, I'm very, I'm hardly ever critical of cards, really, to be honest with, with you, because I think a lot of those sleeper cards do. Uh, end up surprising you because there isn't a lot of high expectations. Uh, I just I just looked at this one, you know, uh, you know, the last the few days, and uh, just it just seems flat to me. But again, hey, I we, we might be pleasantly surprised. Um, and Damon, I want to ask you something here. Also, uh, the UFC is you know talking about changing up their gloves. I wrote on MMASucker.com a couple of days ago that they should think about the pride gloves. I know a lot of people have been talking about that as well. It's the curved fingers, four fingers. I mean, are put together with the thumb being loose. Uh, there's a picture of it up on our website. Um, 
it sounds like the UFC might be going to that. Um, they're talking about the curved fingers anyway. Your thoughts on that? Is that a good way to go? I mean, it is and it isn't. I mean, listen, here's the thing. If you want to fix, you know, if you really want to fix, uh, you know, uh, the IPO problem, I, I said this before, you know, you've you got to get the referees on board to either, you know, warn guys when they're pawing out at opponents, judging distance with an open finger, because this is where it always happens when they're putting their hand out to judge distance and somebody gets poked. Uh, they got to start warning the guys, and then points got to get taken away. I mean, to me, you know, you can still have things happen even with the the, the curved glove. You got to train guys. Guys have to be conditioned not to put their hand out there like that uh, to to paw at another opponent to judge distance. You got to do it with a closed fist, or you know, if somebody gets an eye poke, then you know, take points away. I don't want to see fights decided by you know referees' decision of of taking a point away or not taking a point away, but. I think it's something the fighters can be conditioned to do to, you know, put their hand out and not have it open fingered. Uh, it's no different than a pride fighter coming over and realizing he can't soccer kick a guy when he's down on the ground. You can judge and you can change the way you fight. Uh, in that particular regard, it's okay to do that. Um, will the gloves make a difference? I hope, but I, I don't think it's totally going to solve the problem. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, again, this is something that has to get approved. Uh, you know, with the UFC, they have to design the glove. And I assume, I mean, I haven't looked into this because the news just came out, but I got to assume this is something that has to be clear with all the athletic commissions as well, uh, the type of gloves that they use. I don't know if there's a, you know, a rule in there. I'm not sure, but there, I don't know if there's any kind of rule in the type of gloves they wear or not. Uh, I know every other, every organization has their own gloves, but again, I think that's something that, you know, we at least have to look into. I think this is probably something the UFC has been thinking about for a while, though. Do you not think this has probably been in, you know, development for probably about a, probably more than a year? Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, this is something, I mean, listen, it was brought to the forefront of UFC 159 because mm-hmm. of the, the two really bad eye folks we saw. I mean, you know, John Volante, yeah, that fight shouldn't have been stopped, but it was stopped because of an eye poke. And then, of course, what happened to Alan Belcher? Uh, you know, he got his stitches out today. Sounds like he's doing better, which is good, but. Uh, you know, obviously, those are two those are two fights that were completely impacted by eye pokes, and this isn't the first time. I mean, listen, mm-hmm. uh, this is something that's been ongoing for for a long time, and you know, again, hopefully, if the if the, if the curved fingers, uh, the, the curved gloves help the fingers, and we stop eye pokes or at least reduce them down a lot, great, I'm all for it. Yeah, but you know, this is a pretty radical move if it goes through, and you'd have to think that they've put in a lot of thought because. Uh, I mean, it does change things for a lot of guys who are used to, you know, wearing those other gloves. And I mean, but I mean, in pride, though, we still saw some some pretty good submissions. So I don't know how much it would hinder the submission game. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, listen, the pride gloves, I mean, if you look at the pride gloves when they were around, I mean, they did have the, uh, you know, they had the over top of the fingers, the curved fingers, but they also had the open thumb where, you know, guys there. And obviously, I mean, there were some tremendous grapplers in pride in those days, and it never really seemed to affect him too much. So as long as you don't restrict the, the, the hand much more than it already is in terms of uh, allowing the guy to grapple, you know, that thumb being free actually may help him in some ways. Uh, you know, a glove, a glove being in the way is always going to hinder a grappler to a certain extent, you know, getting a hold of grips and things like that. But I think as long as you keep the thumb free like they did in pride, it actually, you know, may actually end up helping them. So, uh, you know, again, it's, it's a matter of testing them out and finding the right way to do it. But I'm looking at the pride glove right now, and I do kind of remember, you know, the, the differences in the look of those. And I don't really remember, you know, grapplers being at a huge disadvantage because yeah. of the way those gloves were shaped. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I've been laughing lately, Damon, about uh, uh, Tyson Fury. Um, He's he keeps you know jabbing at Cain Velasquez and the UFC wanting to fight you know Cain Velasquez. Uh, Dana White says he's open to it. Uh, it's like he's calling you know Tyson Fury's bluff. But 
I'm starting to think that maybe this is not a bluff, that he's actually seriously considering it and that this could actually happen. I don't think it'll ever actually happen. I'll go no. shoot this one down right now. And I wish I wish we as media would stop giving this idiot attention. Uh, you know, from what I know, and I'm not a huge boxing guy, I fully admit that. Uh, you know, I watch Floyd Mayweather and some of the yeah. bigger boxing matches out there, Canelo and Trout, some of those. But from everything I've heard and everything I've read, you know, Tyson Fury is not even regarded as a top-level heavyweight, despite the fact that he's undefeated. Uh, this sounds like a guy who's trying to get his name in the press, and, and this is the way it's working, and, and we're all biting it, you know, hook, line, and sinker. Uh, until he actually, you know, signs with the UFC, until he actually comes over and fights somebody, and I don't think on day one he should even sniff Kane Velasquez. Uh, Kane's the champion. Tyson Fury, from my understanding, isn't even a, a you know a top heavyweight guy. So if he wants to come to the UFC on day one, you know, throw him in there with uh, you know, throw him in there with with, a, with another guy, and if he can beat a, a legit you know heavyweight in the UFC, then sure, you know, give him a couple of fights, and maybe he'll get to Cain Velasquez. But to think this guy deserves Cain Velasquez on day one is a joke, and I think we need to stop paying attention to him. Well said, well said. But uh, I don't know, man. These these sort of freak fights end up. I mean. Uh, you know, we've obviously we've seen it before, and it's not the first time a boxer has spoken out. But uh, sometimes these things, these crazy things, have a way of happening in MMA. But uh, like I, I totally agree with you. I don't think Fury should go anywhere near Velasquez. I think they should do what they did with Lesnar when Lesnar came. Give him a you know, uh, you know, couple hard fights and see what he can do. But uh, uh, I agree with you. I think Velasquez is untouchable, and I think there's other fights out there that you could put Velasquez in way before Fury. Um, do you have any updates, by the way, on Eddie Alvarez and his situation with Bellator slash Viacom? No, not really. I mean, you know, basically, the, if this thing goes to trial, if you know anything about the United States judicial system, it's not going to be passed. Uh, you know, everything I've heard is that if it does go to trial, it's going to be sometime, you know, way later this year, probably, unless something crazy happens, everything I'm hearing is it's probably going to be, you know, in the August, September, October type range before a trial date gets made because, mm. you know, they're still in the discovery phase of the trial of the, of the process right now. They were in mediation or they were in negotiations to, to reach a settlement. Settlement couldn't get reached. Uh, you know, they could go back into the settlement, they could go back to the negotiating table again before it actually makes the trial, and if it actually makes the trial, my guess is it wouldn't be until way later this year, so it's going to drag out. Eddie's out there making a lot of statements right now, I don't know if that's good or bad for him, but uh, it's not going to rush the process. I mean, the judicial system is what it is, and, uh, you know, no matter how much he wants this to go faster, it's not going to go any faster. I would say we probably, if a resolution is made, I wouldn't look for it to be made until at least the fall part of this year. Yeah, it sounds like he's he's just getting, it's getting to him now. He's getting frustrated because guys like that, they want to be in there. They don't want to be waiting around. You know what I mean? Um, is there the possibility that uh, Alvarez maybe just kind of bites the bullet and stays with Bellator? You know, I I mean, he, he's dug his heels in so deep here, I don't know that he can, uh, unless they come back to the table with another incredible offer, you know, and saying we're going to pay you this much of guaranteed money up front, uh, or they get down to the negotiating table and a mediator gets it worked out to that regard, either in terms of him getting paid uh, X amount of money or, you know, them negotiating his release from Bellator. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that he would return to Bellator. Listen, you know, I, I don't want to take sides on this whole thing. You know, listen, mm -hmm. you, you signed the contract. Uh, you knew about the matching rights. You knew the matching rights lasted for X amount of time. Uh, he went out there and got an offer anyways, even though if he would have waited. I think it was a year, if I remember correctly. The matching rights were a year. Yes, it would have sucked for him to sit out for a year, but instead of just sitting out that year of waiting the matching period out, he decided to take an offer, and then it came back to Biden. And, and the reality of this, and I said this to somebody else earlier today, 
um, you know, the whole matching rights things, you know, they say, you know, the, the word intended was used a lot of times. You know, they intend to give him a title shot. They intend to put him on this card and things like these. These are things Bellator doesn't have to match because they're intended. But also, you know, something that's got to be brought up by the Viacom lawyers, and again, I'm not siding with Bellator, but, you know, they keep talking about, you know, there's no way Bellator can match the UFC because of the pay-per-view and those kind of things. But, I mean, any court in the world is going to look at that and say, well, can anybody in the MMA world match the UFC? And, and the answer is no. I mean, there's nobody in this industry that can match the UFC offer. So does that mean that every other organization in mixed martial arts has to, you know, has to, you know, basically toe the line for the UFC because they can't match that offer? Uh, again, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how this is going to go. These are just things running in my head because, again, nobody can match the UFC legitimately. There's not a single promotion in the U.S. that can match the UFC in terms of what they do in MMA. Um, so reality-wise, how could Bellator even match that? You know what I mean? So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for Bellator when they go to the, the judge and, and show them that. Yeah. Yeah, you, I, you very well said. Very well said. Um, Damon, it's been a pretty slow news week, man. Um, so I want to get you <laughs> – I want to get uh, – that's pretty much all I have to ask you and talk about. But I want to get your movie review here, Iron Man 3. Uh, you saw it, did you not? I did. I saw it over the weekend. All right. Um, here we go. Know, Damon Martin movie review. Dun-dun. Go. I, I said I said on Twitter that day, I said, you know, as a movie fan, I'd give it three out of five stars. As a comic book fan, I'd give it two out of five stars. Um, and the reason I say that is, is there's so many inaccuracies compared to the comic books. Mm. Uh, it it kind of upset me. Now, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest and say I've never been a big Iron Man fan when it came to the comic books, but I know the stories. You know, I know the general uh, arts of Tony Stark in, in terms of the comic books, and, and they... They, they they messed up some stuff in this one where it kind of made me mad to the point of like where they were trying to go a little bit too much M. Night Shyamalan, trying to throw you some curveballs, and, and, and in the end, I didn't think it really worked. The movie was, was decent. You know, again, as a movie fan, I thought it was a solid effort. It just wasn't great. Uh, as a comic book fan, I was definitely disappointed. So uh, <laughs> I think I said this on Saturday, and I'll say it again. I think Joss Whedon figures out how to write Tony Stark the best. He wrote him in The Avengers. And he'll write him again in the Avengers too. So that's what I'm kind of holding out hope for is that the Avengers two, you know, brings back the real Tony Stark, the real good Iron Man. How do you compare this one to the other two? Um, first Iron Man definitely the best one without a doubt. The first one was was by far the best one. The second one was solid. Um, I would say it does go in the succession of the trilogy. The first one was the best. The second one was solid. The third one was the, le- the least of the three. Uh, but again, not, it wasn't bad. I wouldn't, I don't want to use the word bad. It wasn't bad. I would definitely see it. You know, I'll definitely, you know, get it on DVD when it comes out or Blu-ray, but not, not, not the best effort I've ever seen. All right, Damon, you put in a very solid effort, my friend. Uh, we always had like having you on and, uh, Hey, I, we're going out right now with some music by Lil Dicky. Have you, uh, have you heard of this guy yet? I have not heard of that. You're, okay. you're throwing me at something okay. I have not heard before. Look up the song Ex-Boyfriend, Lil Dicky Ex-Boyfriend. We played that at the beginning of our show, okay? And then get back to us and tell me what you think. I'll definitely do that. appreciate it, and I appreciate you guys having me on as always. Let people know where they can get a hold of you on the Twitter universe, by the way. Follow me at, uh, at Damon Martin. I'm on Twitter far, far too much for my own good, but I am on there quite a bit. So follow me at Damon Martin. And, uh, and, uh, and again, I definitely appreciate you guys uh, giving me some time and having me on. Never been up inside before because she's only fucked one guy before. No, I really wanna point this or she my sweetie 3.14. So I'm staying patient and masturbating and now my heart is sorta racing. Cause she said tonight we'll be the night we do some fornicating. Hell yeah, I'm down, I'm about to go all out. I'm gonna pound that crazy like an elaborate black man handshake, but I guess uh 
I don't know. Okay, shut up. Good. Damon Martin, always a great interview. You know, the thing is, though, this week there wasn't much big news that happened, so it, w- it was nice to get insightful on the whole nerdcore movement that he has going hey, on. Hey, we're and fellow nerd nerdcore people. Exactly. So it was nice to talk about, you know, comic books and movies. Uh, movies. We didn't talk about TV shows, and I just got to tell you, I'm stuck on Mad Men. Yeah, I've, I've watched up until... I don't even know what season. You I haven't seen season five yet? No. I did season five of Mad Men. I, I did like eight episodes uh, last night. I'm still stuck up on three. Jesus. I'm still stuck You're on... Stuck uh, on Jesus? No, 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 no. no. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm still trying to catch up on Breaking Bad because the new season... You know, it's still a ways away, but I'm still You're not still, caught up fully. I haven't okay. even watched the first half of this fifth season. So. What about Game of Thrones? Oh, yeah, I'm games. right on. Oh, yeah, okay. of course. Good. I can't Good. step away from that one. I want to drag him so bad. <laughs> I want to end this show right now. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, definitely want to thank Damon Martin uh, for coming on and Mark Pavlich. Make sure you check out MFC 37 True Grit this Friday night. And, of course, the newly uh, newly done In the in the Bar with Bards. or uh, Yeah, In the Bar with Bards. Yeah. Is that what we're calling it? Sure, let's go and stick with that. And his, gra- his rant was pretty good today, eh? Yeah, it was very good. Very good. Oh, and by the way, you want to announce, before we let you go, we got to announce a contest we're doing. Oh, do we? Yes. We yeah. are doing a contest. You did a contest in uh, 24 hours as well. Yeah, here in Vancouver, and, uh, but uh, on MMASucker.com, what is it? Is it, it? It's, it's, the title of it is Nas Train with GSP Contest, but us ourselves at MMASucker.com, uh, you can win a GSP prize pack, which includes um, a Rush Fit DVD, I believe, some Nas uh, energy drinks, as well as a GSP t-shirt, some autograph stuff. It's a big swag bag. All you got to do is follow MMA Sucker on Twitter, follow Nas Energy Drink on Twitter, and tweet out, I want to win at Nas Energy Drink prize pack from at MMA Sucker. Pretty straightforward, Go pretty easy. Go on the website, check it out. Um, yeah, you can win some sweet swag from Nas. Also, we have our writer's contest up still. Yeah. It's uh, How did it go? almost coming to a, a head. You know, it's Really? It's almost... That's what you have to do to get the job, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's almost complete. Deadline is... Uh, actually, we can uh, check it out today. The deadline was today. Yeah, so we get to pick a winner? May 7th. No, we're going to pick a couple winners here. Team maybe, members. Maybe more, of a cu- more than a couple, maybe three or four. Um, just to add to the... To MMASucker.com and add some new contributors to the mix. Yeah, man. Add some flavor. And and thanks to everybody who put something in. They were all terrific. We read every single one. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of uh, great, uh, young, hungry writers out there. Probably some are older than me, too. <laughs> but uh, you know what I'm saying. And we really appreciate everyone giving us support and uh, putting in their submissions. And, uh, yeah, I guess next week we'll have one of them on. Exactly. Yeah, we will. One of the... The winners of this uh, MMA Sucker Writer Contest. Uh, people who support us as well, Punishment Athletics. Hit up Punishment Athletics. Uh, coupon code PA99 for 20% off. You know, we had Tito Ortiz on last week. Yep. Pushes the Punishment gear. And uh, get yourself some swag. Cool, man. Let's get out of here. Where to your mother? Hey, Charles, Charles, let me talk to you. I'm talking with Charles Ramsey. He's a neighbor. Uh, t- walk me through again what happened this afternoon. You're, you heard screaming. I heard screaming. 
I meet my McDonald's. I uh, come outside. I see this girl going nuts, trying to get out of the house. So I go on the porch. I go on the porch, and she says, "Help me get out." I've been, I'm, I've been in here a long time. So you know, I figured it's a, a domestic violence dispute. So I open the door, and we can't get in that way because how the door is, it's so much that a body can't fit through, only your hand. So we click, kick the bottom, and she comes out with a little girl, and she says, "Call 911." My name was Amanda Berry. Now, did you know who that was when you when she said that? When she told me, it didn't register until I got the call in 911, and then I'm like, I'm calling the 911 for Amanda Berry. I thought this girl was dead. You know what I mean? And and she got on the phone and she said, Yes, this is me. And the detective uh, Cook, right here, Detective Gregory Cook says, Charles, do you know who you rescued? I said. I said. Now, and when did you see? When did you see Gina? About, about, about five. We're good. So about five minutes after the police got here, see the girl Amanda told the police, "I ain't just the only ones. It's some more girls up in that house." So they went up there, you know, 30, 40 deep, and when they came out, was just astonishing. Cause I thought they were gonna come up with nothing. I figured, I mean, whoever she was. And like I say, my neighbor, uh, you, you got you got the, some big testicles to pull this off, bro. Because we see this dude every day. I mean, every day. How long have you lived here? I've been here a year. Okay. You should come up, bro. Right. I barbecue with, with this dude. We eat ribs and, and whatnot and listen to salsa music. You should come up, bro. Yeah. And you had no indication that there was anything hey, going on? bro, not a clue that that girl w was in that house or anybody else was in there against their will. Because how he is... Is I just, he just comes out to his backyard, plays with the dogs, tinker with his cars and motorcycles, goes back in the house. So he's somebody that you look and you look away because he's not doing nothing but the, the average stuff. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. There's nothing exciting about him. Well, until the day. <laughs> what, was, what was the reaction on the girls' faces? I can't imagine to see the sunlight, to be Bro, around people. I knew something was wrong when a little pretty white girl ran into a black man's arms. Something is wrong here. Dead giveaway. <laughs> Dead giveaway. Charles, thank you very Dead much. Dead giveaway. Thank you very much for your time. And either she homeless or she got problems. That's the only reason why she run to a black man. Charles, thank, thank you for being there, man. Charles Ramsey, neighbor, heard the screaming, took action, went and did what he needed to do. The rest is unfolding before us here on CMR. I'm going to send it back to you.